and this is the Wild and Wise show. For this new episode, I had the honor to have a conversation with Clay Lomakayou, my old friend and spiritual teacher. Clay is a shamanic healer, a spiritual counselor, and the author of two books, The Medicine of One and The One Noble Truth. Clay is also a narrator. He has done the narrations, uh, the narration of many, many books on Audible. He has also a YouTube channel with more than 50,000 subscribers. The, the title of his um, YouTube channel is The Medicine of One. Last December, I went back to Sedona to um, connect with the land and see my friend Clay. And during our conversation, Clay said, surrender is not giving up. And I love that. Um, and um, I thought it would be a fantastic theme for a, a podcast. And Surrender is Not Giving Up refers also to uh, one of the chapters of his book, Surrender, in the medicine of one. Uh, the um, Surrender is probably chapter 16th. Uh, I may be mistaken, but I think it's chapter 16th. And uh, so I thought it would be a fantastic theme for this podcast. Also, I wanted to give you some context uh, regarding the podcast that you're going to hear. We are referring to two things. We are referring to, in our conversation, to Atmayo, who was the dog of clay who died suddenly yesterday, uh, right the day before our conversation. So we are referring to that. We are also referring to Clea, uh, uh, the daughter the daughter of Clay, and we are also referring to um, um, people in our lives and specific episodes in our lives. I think that when we are like discussing those very deep subjects like surrender is not giving up, it's really also important that we put ourselves on the stage in a way that we need to testify and share our own stories. Otherwise, everything can stay very, very abstract and detached here is my conversation with clay so uh yeah the last time when we saw each other um we were talking about surrender is not giving up 
And so what I did, because I really ling- it really lingered into me. And um, what I did is that um, I went back to your book, which I do all the time, um, because it's like all the answers are in this book for me. Uh, not all, but many of them. And so I went to I went back to the chapter um, sixteen in your book, which is the chapter on surrender, and I started like reading that, meditating a little bit on on some sentences, etc. So, and in fact, I've been with the idea of no surrender. On the contrary, is giving up something. I just want to. Yes, exactly. So I was wondering if first you could just give us your definition. There is, it's not a strict definition, but how do you approach surrender? What is surrender for you? Because when you start the chapter of the book, you say, what does it mean to surrender? What does it mean to you to surrender? Yeah, and that's the question. So the best way to answer that question, though, is to be specific. Rather than a gent, because surrender is going to be different depending on what's happening. I mean, surrender in uh, Advaita, you know, uh, non duality is, you know, you're get you're you're giving up your identity in a way. You're you're surrendering to the guru within, in a sense, mm. and it's very similar, I guess, too. I mean, you're it, to me, it's it, it all ties in with. This state, of, this state of openness and expansion. If you contract, you're not surrendering. And even your body could be contracting, like, you know, if you're crying. Mm. But, you know, a lot of times people fight it. So, you know, they tense when the emotion's coming through. Makes it even worse. That's not surrender. Surrender is when it's coming through that there's a part of you that's holding the space for it and being, you know, this open breathing, uh, presence. Um, so it is very similar to the Advaita. You're, you're, you're surrendering to your, I am presence guru in a sense, but it's not something that, that it's outside of you. It's you. Why do we fight against surrendering? Because we're trying to survive. Survival is contraction. Survival is control. Contraction and control, yeah. But we contract. The minute we survive, we're contracting. That's how we survive. And it's the opposite. You know, uh, uh, you probably saw that video where that's what uh, on YouTube, and that's what it's about. It says... um, Contraction is how we survive, but it's the opposite of who we are. And that's kind of what the struggle is. If we don't survive, then it's an idea. The idea of surrender is giving up. It's it's also this idea of vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and trying to get rid of or not, I mean. If we, if we, t- let's take an example so that it's less, maybe it will be less abstract, especially for the people who have not worked with you. 
Um, let's say that, for example, uh, it's not my situation, but uh, I've been through a traumatic experience like a rape. Okay, and I'm spinning into this story over and over again, like relieving the trauma or, and, you know, and it's, as you say, there is a spin of emotion and the emotions are like feeding the thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. If you, if I come with you in the circle and you say you need to surrender or, you know, you, you invoke this idea of surrendering to the pain or to the, to the, to the trauma, I will have automatically a resistance to that. Yeah, that's why I would never say that. Yeah, exactly. So how, do you, how do you how do you approach? No, I would that? never tell somebody to surrender. I would do what I do, which is bring it in, relax, breathe, and let it move. Establish your big eye. Mm. But to say exactly to, to tell them to surrender is a concept that is in yes. opposition. So no, I would never say that. Mm. <laughs> so the idea would be like to put the person into a state, you know. Whatever is they're fighting, the whatever the feelings are that they're fighting, contracting around, we have to reverse that relationship of contraction to it to one of breathing and open and spaciousness to it. And that takes you into surrender. But you're not surrendering, obviously, to your rage or your powerlessness or, or anything like that. You're surrendering to the big I, in a sense. So you have to be careful with that word. Yes. That's why I use that that phrase, surrender isn't giving it up, giving up, because it's it messes with the mind. So I use a lot of titles like that on my YouTube channel to kind of provoke people. And I find that when I do that, I get more people that watch them. As you say, there is this idea of like opening to the big eye and it's very energetic. It's not we are um not avoiding the mind, but we are trying to not engage the mind yeah and it's actually an action yes it's not a thought yes um and it is the reversal of that of how we survive that's why i try to make it simple contraction expansion yeah you're contracting the minute you think about anything you're contracting even if it's just about the groceries <laughs> that's why in a sense you know in in uh, ramana maharshi and all that is the ultimate realization is to be completely free of thought because when you're free of thought you're expanded into yeah. the greater which but, leads to how we survive is through thinking there is a misunderstanding that not believing the thoughts is not having any thoughts at all whereas in your book, you explain very clearly, like it's not about stopping the thoughts because that's impossible, but not following the thoughts. Right, following them, yeah. uh, or accepting them. That And that ties into when you move that. So let's take the uh, sexually abused traumatic incident and that person is adopting some beliefs about it. And so when you move the energy, you have to give up those beliefs. And one of the primary beliefs is I'm a victim. You might have the thought, but you must sort of give it up. Otherwise, it can't, it won't move out of you. You'll bring it right back. But then the mind of the person can resist. Like, how can you say that I'm not, I have to give up believing that I'm not a victim because I am a victim. Exactly. Right. And, and that's true. And that's true. That's what that little eye, that's a little eye. 
That's what that little eye believes. So no, we're gonna we're not gonna argue with it, but we're gonna honor what it feels. That's the subtility. <laughs> that's 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 where you. So can... that's why those two things got to go together. You honor what it feels, but you don't accept the victim point of view. So you're giving up a point of view, which is a little spot in the circle, because mm -hmm. your point of view is that big eye that has. You know, ultimately, no points of view. And, you know, obviously, everybody's history of experience creates their points of view. Yeah. That they think is the truth. And then when you get people, like I just had a couple I did a, a talk with yesterday when I came back from uh, having to euthanize Santiago. And they were here on a couples retreat. And I, and I told them one of the first things I said is you have to give up being right. Because each person has their point of view. And conflict is when each one's trying to get the other one to see their point of view and agree with them. And this, this is what's going on right now with my daughter. Uh, who just, since the last time I saw her, probably three years ago, started dealing with the fact that I didn't raise her as a father. She never dealt with it before that. So somewhere in her point of view... If I don't somehow say I was wrong, I was a bad person, and I'm sorry I did that to you, she experiences me dismissing her, mm. dismissing her experience. And even though I can sit and listen, and, and I'm sorry that you went through that and everything else, but my my I wouldn't probably say this, but I, I would say to her, I don't... I don't see a victim. I didn't do anything to you. This was long before you were born. It's all happening in your imagination. Hmm. This the event. And but I couldn't ever talk to her in that way because she's so stuck into her point of view and is holding on to her judgments that, you know, no matter what the case, if you don't, if you have a child and you don't father it, then you're, you know, abandoning them hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, but what's curious is that she's actually avoiding dealing with it, even though she seems to superficially appear to be dealing with through, through psych psychotherapy on the phone with a, a blind mm -hmm. therapist. Mm -hmm. But she's avoiding me, which is where her feelings are going to get. So by avoiding me, she avoids her feelings and seems to have be in control. And of course, her main... Uh, focus of study in school is psychology <laughs> of course of course and so she's a 25 26 year old very smart now got all the psychology and the problem is and i've seen a ton of those people psychiatrists and psychologists because they all start out who come to you who come to you <laughs> because they get stuck in the mind and the talkative exactly. therapy exactly. and the trick of the mind rationalizing etc and i'm true and they come to you because you're bringing something different yeah and they you know and so but she's gotta live her, her journey and right now you know when people are that age they They think they're pretty smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. In your 20s, you think that, yeah, the world is yours and that you're like so true, you know. It's so funny. because It's it's interesting because when I was hearing that story, I was thinking also about my story of me and my parents. 
because I've been also in those stuck into uh, my point of view. And for many, many years, I got stuck into my, and that's why also I came to you at some point in my life, but I got stuck into my stories and of my, my, my stories of victim. It took me a long time to understand that I had to honor, but at the same time to also accept that they will never say I was wrong. I'm sorry, et cetera. And I had to give up that. Because I had to give up my point of view because they did what they could with the means that they had and they are in their own worldview. I am in my own worldview. And let me interject. That's what Clay is still trying to do. And it's about, it's partly about getting what you want, but it's also feeling more powerful because you're right. You get to be right. You did this and they admit it. And so you feel better. It doesn't really help you though. (laughs) No, because it doesn't help you because even with this work, I remember that while still being with my parents, they could still trigger my buttons. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like because I don't know if I say I passed that because I'm not sure about it, <laughs> but I know that now I understand that I was stuck into my stories and in my victim story. And then now that I'm honored that without entertaining the idea that I was right and how could you have done that to me, blah, 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 and that they will never recognize, you know, what they did. I've passed that. And it's not something that came from my mind and my thought. It's something that came from my journey. It's not something you can really force. But it comes through self-love. Yeah, that's the that's the big, that's the whole work. But then the question is, which I, I think is in my book, well, what is that? What is the true action of self-love? Self-love. Because that's such a cliche com- you know, statement. It's not this concept of loving your inner child. Unless mm-hmm. what you mean by that is everything that that child could possibly feel as a vibration. Then, okay. What you write in the first paragraph is about surrender. What does it mean to you to surrender? Now explore the answers to the second questions. What does it mean to surrender to you? And more than likely, when you answer the second question, the answers will be most identical to the first. What does it mean to surrender? The world is defined by your personal view. Paradoxically, the surrender I am suggesting is about giving up this worldview. Surrender your notions of the word surrender (laughs) to open a door of a new meaning, a door to freedom. Wow, that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Surrender to your idea of what surrender is, because we have all those like cliche conception of what surrender is. And then, and I want to come back to the dynamic of the victim and the warrior, because it's connected to surrender. Because in your book, you mentioned the fact that when you bring somebody in the circle and when at some point, you know, you approach the feeling of surrendering, you can feel lots of people we are working with contracting because they are stuck into this idea that surrendering is surrendering to the enemy. You're allowing, in a sense, you're allowing it to own you. That's when you, that type of surrender is when the feeling owns you. Yes. The surrender we're talking about is when you own the feeling. That's where the whole primordial movement thing comes in. It, 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 it forces you to get out of your head. That's the thing. What, what I does mean it... by that, it's like when I'm driving back yesterday in the car 
Mm -hmm. And I was in that office and weeping and weeping and going through boxes of tissue. Okay. Mm -hmm. I knew there was another energy there, but I couldn't do it in that space. Mm. So, you know, I'm still crying and stuff. I'm in the car and I just go, what fuck? What the fuck? Okay. But I then I totally relax. I'm, 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 I'm owning it. And that's what really, bam. Uh, that's really where people get so jammed up is in the rage. And mm. it wasn't toward anybody or anything. It was just, what the fuck? Just yeah. like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. But the thing is that you see where it's interesting is that you are in the what the fuck, but then you're not energizing thoughts. What life did to me and blah, blah, blah. And and then it energized the thinking. It's either the thinking that goes the victim thinking or the warrior thinking. I'll go through that. Life is, you know, but you're not energizing that. That's why you don't do psychodrama. Psychodrama energizes that. So what is what is psychodrama? It's where you play it out more. Mm -hmm. Sort of, you know, why'd you do that to me? Da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on. It's primordial movement. It's quick because you got to start out empty, quick, go back to the empty. And the empty is the key. And that's what people have a tough time with. Even when they work with me and they get a lot out of it and stuff, it's very hard for them to get that big eye thing. Yeah, because one of the possibility also is that it happens during the quest or the work with you. But then when you go back home. And when you listen to the CD and you relieve the big moment of what happened with you, you can start the, you can re-engage the mind and some rumination. Right. Yeah. And then you go back into, and even trying to do primordial movements in mm -hmm. your imagination, it just doesn't, it's not the same. Even for myself, it's not the same. Yeah. Um. But it's like, uh, you know, it's like we get, uh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so how do you do, like, for example, you are in your car and you're like, what the fuck? How do you do when you, when you feel your thinking starting? How, how do you, how do you not engage with that? Uh, well, in that moment, I'm not even thinking. Um, that's how, that's the surrender. Yeah. Boom, what the fuck? And then surrender. Which is just relax, breathe, and and empty. in this in this energy. Well, and it it, it actually it, the minute you do that and then relax, that's not what's there. It gets quiet. But that's it's why the whole opposite thing is so important. We get stuck in one or the other mm. in our thinking. You know, a person's angry and they got angry thoughts, or a person's mm. victim and hurt, and they get stuck in that. And it's usually the one they, they're not in their awareness that's the problem. That reminds me, the, um, I think it was the second vision quest that I did with you. And my uh, one of my close friends was dying from cancer. I think it's even in your book. It's like I was stuck in the pain because I could not say goodbye. Right. And I was, it, it, you took a big rock that you bring in the circle and you told me like to, bury to have this act of burying the rock as if i was burying the as if i were was burying the burying the body i had to sing a song to say goodbye and i could not start singing the song but at the moment i started singing the song and i cried then right after it was empty and empty of thoughts and it was very quiet right 
because I was not into describing is sort of what I did for myself yesterday. Mm -hmm. I, I sang my song to him a couple of quite a few times. Um, I cried a lot, and and as I described before, I left the room. I imagined picking him up and putting him in the ground, and and I imagined as I was singing, putting the dirt on him. And that's when I it was really they were quite nice there. They took me into a room. And he was on a cart, kind of strapped down so he couldn't roll off. That's where they euthanized him. So they left me in there alone with him when he was still alive. And then they euthanized him. And then they left me alone in there and gave me a button thing. And just to know when I left and they had another door that went directly outside. So I could leave whenever I wanted without having to walk through the office. And they took a print of his paw and gave it to me. Yeah, they do that now. Mm -hmm. um, so they were they were very good. That's a tough job. Those people, they they were they, they were really devastated by it too, because he's so beautiful. He's such a beautiful. He's, it was a gorgeous dog, gorgeous dog. It's such beautiful energy, yeah. So it's and young, so young. So that's just another one of the dogs. It's a totally different experience, but, it, but you know, part of it's you know because I put a lot into him, not just money, but working at training him and getting yeah. him. To Baby, and and yeah. uh, that I'd never done with a dog before. But, but you're not going into the thinking mind. Why? Why life did that to me? You know, me for example, I know that I would go into why life is doing that to me, and I feel so alone. You know, I would go into the victim, the the victim thinking, what life is doing to me, and I would start ruminating. Whereas you, you're not entertaining that. That's the difference between an enlightened being. Oh, yeah. I, I, there is no such thing as life yeah. doing something to us. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but my mind would go there. I mean, that, that's actually what, when I thought of Clea, I was thinking her blaming me is like blaming life. And I think about, you know, it, she feels I dismissed her, but to me, she's actually dismissing me because she, because I talk about my physical stuff is one of the reasons why I couldn't possibly be a father. Yeah. I just, it just wasn't could, a possibility. So, and she actually compared me to somebody who was a father who was a paraplegic. Okay. Mm -hmm. She compared me to him and he still was a father, right? That's dismissal. Yeah, so I know it's dismissal. Yeah. She's stuck in the need to be understood and has no energy to try to understand. And communication, both people yeah. have to have equal effort to understand as much as they want to be understood that's and very difficult when you're 25 years old I, i've been like that okay to be honest with you i've been in those shoes where i was asking my parents to understand me but i never really tried to understand them and i'm starting to understand them now that they are going to be in their 70s right and yeah. um well, you can't it, even say that you can't even say that to the person it's they're gonna you know argue with you yeah, we are so narcissistic and I mean, also so stuck in our own pain, or our own, yeah. you know, stories that unfortunately. Yeah. Say, one of my questions for Clea is because what I, from what she shared, what I sense is I have a desire to cultivate a relationship with her, not because I'm trying to recapture a father daughter relationship. I don't know what it's going to look like, but she stayed with me many times. Yeah, I like this person. I think we have a lot in common. And so I have a desire. 
but I don't sense the desire in her. And, and it's based on me somehow becoming her father. But to do that, I have to admit that I was wrong and say, I'm sorry. So, and actually she contacted me uh, uh, very recently. I haven't talked to her for six months and asked me if I wanted to Zoom or, you know, and I said, yeah, good to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. That was a week ago. I hadn't heard from her. So anyway. So. Because you're not, for example, you're not trying to tell her I'm right or you're right. It's just that I was in that position at that moment in my life and I'm still in this position. I still have love for you and I want to have some a connection of some sort. But it's more about like a sharing and an understanding rather than everybody standing on his, no, I'm right. This is my own truth. Right. And that's the thing about giving up being right is that you're not... Giving up being right does not mean that you're denying your own truth. Right. It's you have your own truth, your own, you know, you honor your emotions, etc. But you're not like in this rigidity of I am right and I want you to believe my own uh, worldview. Yeah, I mean, you give up both right and wrong and you have to be willing to not agree. But that's okay. Mm. It doesn't have to be the end of it. I mean, because we're not all of us, none of us are going to all agree exactly on things all the time on things, you know. Um, can you can you re, re give a little bit, give again a definition, not a definition, but what in your work, the definition of the warrior and the, def the energy of the warrior versus the energy of the victim? Okay, so they're both contracting differently. I see it's sort of like a, the victim, sort of a whirlpool that's drowning. Okay, the warrior's more, okay, uh, control and power. The victim is owned completely by the feelings of the victim. So much so that they can't stop talking about it, and it's extreme. And they they constantly want people to make them feel better. And people that are you know loving and kind and stuff like that get sucked into it. They get drawn into it and shrink to their size. So the victim wants you to shrink down to their victimhood to make them feel good. Now, if they don't like those feelings of the victim, they hate them. But they they're drowning in them. It's it con you know it's like I might get somebody I want them to shout and yell like a warrior and they can't the victim owns the shout. So that's how much that victim owns them and they hate it. That's the problem. So your own your own by your emotions and at the same time you're trying to get rid of them. Exactly. So the warrior completely denies the existence of the victim, but it owns them equally from the underworld. So they both are owned by the same emotion. And so the key is that core of the victim. But you may have to get to get to it, you may have to go through the rage. Of the warrior, or the rage yeah. of the victim who yeah, hates the emotion. Kind of yeah, it, it has to be a kind of, yeah, it has to be a warrior type rage. Not a cold rage though, many warriors are, uh, 
cold-blooded. What happens is the warrior separates off from the pain. So their anger is cold and calculating. And in order for the, the rage must be hot and full of the hurt. So, and so, and to bring those together. So a lot of times a victim, you know, you can see they're being owned. They can't, they can't do like a warrior type thing, but you keep working and you can get them to keep stretching. And when you get them to snap that, it's like, boom. Now the, 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 the warrior in extreme is like a soldier. They're very, they're the hardest people to work with. They do not know the language of emotion. It's like, that's the primordial movements don't work with them. Complete denial, complete separation, complete you know, it's separation. Just like, so, yeah, it's such strong denial that. So how do you do? What you do is, first of all, it's all about awareness and them learning. So they get to learn how strong that wall is. And that's where you start. You can't make them. So I can't how make can... them. How can they be aware of that wall without being too in the... Well, the wall is, they know it. It's hard. It's rigid. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel uh, like moving away from the pain. Physically, person. yeah. You know, they're going to sense that. When I tell them to go, mom, they're going to feel resistance to that. And that's what it is. What is that resistance? You think it's who you are. It's not. It's afraid. And, you know, the classic warrior, I mean, a lot, it's, it's like a very much of a denial of fear, too. You know, so that's the paradox, how to love your fear. But it's the, it's the same that when we were, what, what we were thinking, what we were discussing at the beginning of the, of the conversation about expansion and being this big eye to this fear and, and giving up letting the fear moving through you it's it's you have yeah. to like approach that it's it's it requires some courage <laughs> and, and so that core feeling is powerlessness that's what we all hate to feel that's why that position on the back like an infant reaching up for its mother is one of the best powerless positions there is mm, uh, i remember this one yeah uh, and if you can be soft to that and mm. not be afraid of powerless because we're not in we're not in control. No, I can't it's control an what happened to Hatio. Exactly. Yeah, I can't really control a lot of what happens to myself in some ways, and yet we can. So, you know, that's again brings up the surrender without giving up. It's a delicate balance of, like, if you're sick with cancer. What does it mean to surrender? It's a question that you ask in your book and that also I ask myself. I was like, what does it mean to surrender? Because when you have cancer or you have a serious handicap, where you are bankrupt, I don't know, when you are going through really difficult moments in your life. Are you, for example, dealing with, you know, your physical issues? Right. You keep going. You keep trying to do what you can. But at the same time, you are soft to your feelings of powerlessness. And... You don't um, hammer away, so to speak. It's it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. You know, it's like if you have cancer, how do you surrender but don't give up? So how do you keep trying to heal, even though it may be that no matter what you do, it's not helping? 
And ultimately, you must just hold the space for yourself and be loved to the one that is dying. Um, so that's surrender without giving up. You're not, you're not buying into the dying thoughts, but you're being loving to the one that's whatever the feelings of death bring it. Whether it's the loss of friends and life. And, I mean, it always comes back to those simple things that are not easy. You know, how, how to love, how, what does it mean to love yourself? What does it mean to the true action of self-love? And it all comes down to being a spacious presence to the vibrations. You gather so much weight, like that phrase about, you know, what is it, stone gathers moss or something like that. There is also, I think if I remember one of your songs, um, we gather so much crosses on our path, on our okay, path. Yeah. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah, that's that. I can't remember the name. I haven't sung for ages. Um, it, it, it was a piece of music that hadn't had a song written to it. And, it's a piece of music that you created or it's a song I that was created. it was a composer because a lot of my songs are music that there were songs written to and i wrote my own songs we said it's good that with the phrase we started out so many years ago with these crosses on, our, back, on our path followed us around like the shadows of birds uh oh why little why and it's just and then there's surrender in it it's yes leaf falling Surrendering is not giving up, but at the same time, surrendering can be also a form of give up, giving up. It's a paradox, as you say. And um, and and I like the. So I'm going to read the last paragraph of the chapter with my French accent. I would try to um to do the best I can. Give up importance. Give up unimportance. Give up worrying and not worrying. Give up to give in. Just give it up. If you simply can't, then be this medicine of one to whatever clings. Whatever cannot, whatever cannot will not give up. Be love to your I can't and in its, in its movement of desperate rage. Allow this energy of desperate rage to move through your whole body and become the giving up and giving in and clear the way. The greatest of all fears and threats, the great nothing must be stared in the face. Look in the mirror of truth, which reflects no history, no ideas or notions of truth and importance, and see only images light reflected back as if you were staring in the face of the sun. In this emptiness, <laughs> I know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, knowing what I have said may give you the patience to wait for peace, but it alone won't give you that peace. You must spend time in the true circle of who you are. You must water this garden of the heart with your soft attention, self-love. You must sit and be quiet often or carry the same sense of stillness while in movement. Don't wait. Your own beautiful peace is right there in this moment, silently waiting for you.
We started out so many years ago with these crosses on our backs. Follow us around like the shadows of birds that were never there when we look back in the sky. Oh, why, why, why? It seems like it's gone on for so many centuries. Oh, we've collected so much shameful weight that we can't get through the gate and see. That we are the glory in the kingdom If we could simply be the great mystery Great mystery Standing at the edge of time Weightless We could step into the sea of beginning With the multitude in us pass So slow to feel the present we cannot grasp This very need to hold Hurling us into a non-existent future We are human beings No of creation We are human beings No more We've gone through another door of creation We're spinning We're whirling Like Autumn leaves in a spiling wind Well, where we land Falling through our shadows Clinging to our crosses Into the fiery core of the earth Will we go on clinging to our ashes? Or will we let go of definition and defining the ego's ammunition? And free fall into freedom and wait no more to speak our truth. And free fall into freedom and wait no more to speak our truth. And free fall into freedom And wait no more to speak our truth And free fall into freedom Wait no more, wait no more, wait no more, wait no more And free fall into freedom And wait no more to speak our truth I am that I am Oh, great mystery
not so many years ago with these crosses on our backs. Follow us around like the shadows of birds that were never there when we look back in the sky. Oh, I, I, I. So we could learn to see, learn to be great mystery. Oh, we seek no more for now. We know the shadow's weight is our own weeping soul. And the cross's weight, our self-made fate, we laid upon our own great wings. Now we sing, awake and sing, awake and sing and sing and sing, oh sleeping world. Thank you so much, Claire, for this uh, wonderful conversation. Always so deep, uh, so moving, so authentic, so powerful. Um, if you would like to contact Claire, you can um, visit his YouTube channel, Medicine of One. Claire has also a website, medicineofone.com. You can also connect with Claire on his Facebook page, Medicine of One um, Path of the Circle. Claire has also an Instagram at Claire Lomakayou. Uh, many, many ways to um, connect with Claire. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and uh, rendezvous in uh, one month for another episode. Thank you. <laughs>